Welcome to the podcast, Science of High Paid, High Performing, Happy Engineers. The show to help engineers develop all skills non-technical. My name is Aditya Gute and I'm a speaker and a performance coach for engineers to transform them into rock stars because I believe there's a rock star hiding inside each one of you and it just needs to be brought outside to uncover your full potential as an engineer. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today we have Ashok. Ashok has over 30 plus years of experience in high technology sectors and is a serial entrepreneur with blended skills in technology, business, engineering, and management. Highly analytical and an industry visionary, he's a respected speaker at international conferences on technology. Ashok is currently the CEO of Unfold Labs, an innovative and strategic product development company in mobile and cloud platform technologies. Welcome to the podcast, Ashok. It's a pleasure to have you. Same here, Aditya. Great. So, Ashok, you started off as a technical manager and an engineer, and now uh, you have uh, stepped into several management roles with top-notch companies like Samsung and several other companies, and now you have your own company, uh, CEO uh, Unfold Labs, and you, it has won many awards, and you have won many leadership awards um, for, for your leadership skills. So just walk us through your journey on how you went from starting off as a humble engineer, a career as an engineer to becoming this executive and uh, entrepreneur. So I started off my uh, uh, career as a software engineer, embedded systems engineer in short, right? Okay, in uh, India. Um, I, I was born and brought up in uh, southern India, and I was an embedded systems engineer when I started my career. Then what I did was uh, I was writing pr- uh, programs and uh, software for embedded controller systems. Then from then on, I started looking at uh, operating system internals, doing a lot of core software engineering work, uh, building platforms, um, getting into the depths of the operating systems and stuff like that. Um, then I started liking some parts of business when uh, where I was starting to look at uh, holes in broad portfolios of companies. So for example, when I was working with Ericsson, I found that, okay, we had a lot of products and then, okay, there are gaps in the portfolio where I was supposed to, I was asked to go and do evaluation of technology companies and stuff like that. That's where my business journey started, looking at products, technologies, and see where they fit into the product portfolio. Um, slowly but steadily, what happened was I started becoming an, uh, 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 an entrepreneur, uh, started off a few companies then and there, and then, okay, now... In 2015, when I left the corporate world after uh, working for Nokia, Motorola, Samsung, and all the likes, uh, I started off on my own. And right, right now, I run about two companies. Excellent. Still the technology is at heart, I would say. That, that's wonderful. So uh, it seems like you're, you, you first started uh, shifting into management roles when you were asked to evaluate products. So tell us about how that uh, experience was like moving from technology uh, sector to 
evaluating products and stepping into the management role and why were you given that opportunity so basically okay i came i, uh, I understood the uh, the complete stack from the bottom up uh, what i would say is that okay basically since uh, since of a core engineering software expertise i could understand the uh, the core problems that are there in the product portfolios and when i was evaluating all these products right okay i had a way of uh, taking a deeper look at the product at the same time I, i had a good way of looking at the industry okay so where were the issues with the product or what were the core features of the product and what was the value of any of these products or companies that we were evaluating right so i had that uh, that way of looking at looking at things from a very completely very engineering based investment perspective rather than come from a pure investment perspective because of which okay companies like motorola nokia and all those companies right they were very interested in uh, having my views around core technology solutions that were coming in uh, for investments that that's a that's a great skill to have and you know when i work with engineers many of many uh, of engineers have trouble articulating the are are looking at the products from a business standpoint so maybe what i would love to learn from you which will be also very useful to the listeners is that how did you demonstrate those skills uh, that you can understand not only the technology behind the products but also the products in the market itself and how did you how were you able to um uh, demonstrate those skills and uh, and and also convince the management you, that you are the right fit for the job so one of the best uh, areas that i always like uh, engineering to meet uh, management is communication right okay making the right powerpoint slides or understanding the right problem and documenting it right for the management folks to understand right so one of the uh, that was one of the major major areas that i started looking into that was one right the second is basically okay doing competitive analysis for example if we were looking at a one product okay to take a look at multiple other products in the market and do competitive analysis to figure out okay where each of these are fitting in and how these are built right it's kind of a blue sky uh, dreaming exercise where you take a look at it, look at things from a very 60000 uh, feet level and then start dreaming about okay how these are built at the 1000 feet level right uh, that was step one and the second is okay documenting this for management and the managers to understand that okay this is how this is going to work and these are the advantages and disadvantages of it um the way i put these together uh, was very much liked uh, by the management teams across all these organizations because which okay i was i was uh, basically kind of a sort out guy for most of these organizations that i worked with for example i would say right okay so um at samsung uh, where okay we were i was responsible for emerging products and services i had a way of putting in one slider for innovation or okay i can get into the depth of the product from a 60000 feet level to 1000 ah. feet level with respect mm-hmm. to implementation that's wonderful that that's that's pretty uh, fantastic and and uh, where did you acquire these business skills what did you acquire did you go to a b school or were you just natural like it uh i never went to a b school like it all it is natural what i felt was okay i'm a i'm a learner by uh, learner in 
uh, things, right? Okay, so I always feel that okay, whatever we, whatever I know, is just a single drop, unknown as the ocean, right? So that is something that really makes me be awake, read, learn, do things in a completely different way, and making sure that okay, I could teach people as well. So one of the major aspects that I have always been done is basically mentoring people, right? Okay, the more you mentor, the more you are teaching. The more you teach, the more you learn, right? Okay, that's kind of a mantra that I've been going after. I, I love that, and we'll go into the mentorship section in in just a few minutes. But before we jump into that, so let's just go back to that uh, previous role that you were working in as an engineer, and you got this opportunity to study products in the market. So at that time, you said you know you were doing the competitive analysis and communication skills were one of the one of the things that you really honed. Uh, so uh, during those times, did you come up with this idea about uh, doing the market analysis, or was that something uh, your manager asked you to do and you got the opportunity? So how did that work? Were you proactive, or uh, did, did did an opportunity come up and? And I'm a, I'm a very, very proactive person, right? Okay, so uh, I'm very strategic in uh, doing anything that I am doing. So uh, uh, what I do do is basically, okay, being very, very proactive, starting to look at multiple angles to the problem. Even today, whenever I'm working on projects, right? Okay, I take the problem statements in a completely different paradigm shifts, take different, different look at uh, the problem and come up with innovative solutions, right? So when I was asked to evaluate, I know that okay. When I was asked to evaluate uh, companies, I know that okay. Investment people come in from a different angle than the dollar angle, and then the engineer looks at it from a pure technology angle, right? Right. So what I wanted to do was build a bridge from across with the 360 degree view of the problem, and how this problem could be used to solve investment, management, technology, and the solution, right? So that was one of the major, major aspects that I bring to the table in terms of a 360 view of problems and solutions. Uh, th- that's fantastic. And, um, and, and I hear a lot of strengths that you bring to the table, Ashok. But uh, if you have to like, pinpoint one superpower that um, you have, which helped you achieve the level of uh, your success, it helped you achieve your level of success, winning awards, starting companies, and being able to see different perspectives when bringing up a product. So what is that superpower that you think you have which helped you do all of these things? See, one, the, the one major thing is, okay, the idea is a diamond dozen, right? Okay, that is one. The second Absolutely. is basically, the, the second is basically, okay, communicating to the right people in the right way. So if I'm going to be talking to a 10-year-old, I know how to talk. And when I'm talking to a 50-year-old, I need to know how to, how I have to communicate. I need to know how I'm going to communicate with a C-level uh, only management guy or a C-level only technology guy, right? So I had a way of bringing in the problem and explaining it properly to the right audience, right? So that is actually one of the biggest things that I've uh, that uh, that I have learned from conferences as well. Even before I go and speak in a conference, I would uh, try to understand okay, who's the audience? Where are they coming from and how do I address the problem to them, right? I can go to a technology group and I shouldn't be talking management. And if I'm going to a management group and I shouldn't be talking technology, right? So you need to understand the audience and cater the storyline towards the audience. That was one of the major, major things that I think has helped me grow 
in this career. I, I really love that. Communication is also my, my favorite subject and, and I love that. So I'd like to ask a few detailed questions on that because this is one of the common struggles for many engineers because, you know, for, for our entire life, most of us, you know, we were just writing code. We were just talking to computers more than we talked to people. So this could be, this is typically a major challenge for, you know, for that reason, it is a major challenge for many engineers. So, um, so what, what are some of the tools that you have used early in your career and throughout your career? which helped you, you know, just uh, understand these different perspectives and be able to, you know, tell these stories uh, to different people. Like you said, if it's management, it's a certain kind of story you would be sharing versus a technical person. So what, what, what are some of the practical tips that you can give engineers to expand their uh, communication skills? Uh, the first and foremost, I would say is... <clears throat> When I was an engineer, I was always looking for different solutions to the same problem. So, for example, right, okay, if I have a problem, I would go and look at multiple solutions to the same problem. Talk to people, talk to different uh, people in different angles, trying to understand, okay, how people would resolve these issues. That is one. Okay. The second is, when I was an engineer, I, I was always passionate of looking at other people's code to understand how best to code or how not to code. Okay. The second was that. The third is basically, okay, I was giving it back to them as a communication uh, material. So if I'm looking at uh, 10 people's code, I would go back all to, to the, all the 10 and say, okay, this is what I learned from these 10 pieces of code. And these are good. These are not good. And this is how things can, could have been done. Or this is, this is how this could be fixed. Right. So slowly and steadily, while I was an engineer itself, right? Okay, I was building that communication vehicle up to the uh, right steps. And then as, a, as I was growing out as a leader, what happened was, okay, I had to bridge the gap between an engineer and the management. So I had to really explain the problem right to the management in a way that they can understand. And at the same time, I had to have a good way of talking to the engineers about the problem that they could understand on how to fix it, right? So bridging this gap over time, over the years, helped me really, really understand tech to the bottom level and I manage management to the top level, right? Okay, so that is where I built the bridge of uh, making sure that, okay, I was communicating it right to the top and the bottom. And right now, when my engineers come to me today, I can understand exactly where they're coming from. <laughs> Um, so, so would you say those you have built those communications uh, communication skills just through practicing and trying it out different ways? Uh, yes. Yes, I would say that. Okay, uh, there are multiple ways of doing this. One is basically start by reading and do a lot of writing. Okay, that's very important. And when you are writing, don't write fluff. Keep it short and simple. People don't see in this world, right? There's a instant gratification is what people are looking for. If you're going to be writing 30 pages of uh, documentation and there are only two pieces of nuggets of wisdom, people are not going to be reading it. If you have two pieces of nugget, two nuggets of wisdom, okay, put it in one, one simple slide or one simple page and move on, right? So being crisp is what I think is the major, major issue with most uh, people, right? Okay, so I have come across... And I really 
put things in a very very light perspective and not very very in a fluffy fashion mm-hmm. got it. so it's it's simplicity is the way to go when it yeah. comes to yeah 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 Okay. For example, so, today if I'm looking at a product, right, a product idea from a sixty thousand feet level, I'll put a one slider, right. And at the same time, if I had to go to the engineering level, right, okay, I put it in a ten slider with an architecture and with the right features and how it has to be implemented. I love that, and I also love how um, you answer my questions because it is even answering my question is straight to the point. You're giving me exactly what I'm asking for. I love that. So, um, you know, I also work with a lot of engineers from India, and and one of the main limiting belief uh, uh, for engineers who come uh, from, especially from South India, that is that you know I can't speak good English, my accent, people can't understand me. Uh, so, so coming from those beliefs, it's really hard to even think about stepping into the uh, management positions, and, and especially without an MBA, without an official degree. so what would you advise those engineers who are who were right now you know and many of them are working in id industry if they're afraid about speaking up because they come from a certain place and they can't speak in a certain way see the, the first and foremost thing uh, is basically getting out of the comfort zone right uh, i know how difficult it was for me to get on the on the uh, stage uh, the first time i got on stage the first time with about what about 100 people sitting right in front of me i was like uh, shivering right so right. Uh, getting out uh, get pushing yourself out of the comfort zone is one major issue that i see uh, it's not only engineers from india or engineers from anywhere else right okay i have seen this around the world because i see people i have seen people from uh, korea i've seen people from uh, europe i've seen people from around the world right so as engineers getting themselves out of the comfort zone is the most important thing that i would say is the first big aspect of growth the second i would say is that okay get rid of those limiting beliefs right uh-huh. so when we are raised right okay we've been said uh, we've been uh, told by our parents oh you can do the only this you shouldn't do that yes all that stuff right okay getting rid of them throwing them away and uh living the new normal i would call it right okay so where you are today and where you have to go is kind of a big step in planning right so getting rid of the limiting beliefs putting a good plan for your career together today if i'm i i i talk to a lot of engineers right a lot of engineers are day to day engineers right most of the time they wake up they get into office they do their coding <laughs> they go home for dinner and that's it they're done the next morning sure. is the same they don't Absolutely. even have a plan right exactly. so uh, i would always tell people that okay they have to get together for the kind of a life planning is very very important for anybody to grow i i love that i totally agree with it because you know especially since uh, as an engineer you know your manager create goals for you in school the teachers create goals for you so most engineers don't even create their own goals so when it comes to create your own goals for sure would you write those goals down how is how how do you do your uh goal planning yeah so uh, the, this is all uh, in my part of being a mentor and uh, as part of my life as well right i do management by objectives i have uh, five year plans and then okay i have uh based on the five year plans i go with two year plans right okay if i had three five year five year plans i would have eight to 
two year plans right so the two year plans are short term plans that lead you or leapfrog you to the five year plan right um and as as i always tell people whenever i talk to people about goals and planning and all that stuff i tell these goals are not to be set in stone right okay things change for example nobody knew that okay this is going to happen in 2020 right, right. so now that we are here okay uh, we are in this kind of a situation so we may have to renegotiate or redo the goals in a different way but that is part of life right change is very very important and change is a choice in life right okay so we need to be very very open for changes in life and basically okay plan and then replan it if it doesn't work out replan it and move forward with based on your plan i i love that and especially that is even more important if you don't want to live the routine 9 to 5 life that, like you just explained that, which is getting up in the morning and just going to work and coming home and having dinner doing the same routine again but if you want to do something different like you know you know starting your co- own company or climbing up corporate ladder it's almost important that you create those five year and two year plans so thank you for uh, sharing that and and coming back to this mentorship you shared me in the last time we spoke you shared me a really great story about how someone you met um met like you know 10 years ago uh, has become the microsoft of vp and uh, they were uh, they tried reaching out to you would you mind sharing that story with our audience and they want to I'm more of a, a kind of a communicator and wherever i see if i can make a difference in the world i try to help people out right um so this was on a on a flight when i was flying from uh, dallas to california uh, 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 uh an indian gentleman a student at that time he was a student at that time so he was uh, he was right next to me and we were having a very casual conversation and he was asking me about goals and career and how things have to be done properly and all that so it was kind of a three hour flight so we had a great discussion around it i gave me gave him my business card and i moved on right so i completely forgot about all that and nearly after 10 years okay i saw a linkedin invite that came in and he said ashoka i don't know if you remember me i uh, uh, <laughs> basically okay we met on a flight from uh, dallas to california at that time okay you gave me a couple of ideas for me to go through my goals and stuff like that it was awesome meeting you and today i'm at microsoft in a very very senior level and uh, it has i have been a very very successful uh, person at uh, a big corporate company right now i i've been trying to reach you for a long time but then i, I couldn't uh, get to you so this is the first time i found you on linkedin and connected with you thanks for everything okay was one of the one of the greatest emails that i can uh, never forget in my uh, life right um absolutely i do on top of it i do basically do a lot of mentorship for a lot of people um i've uh, mentored a lot of engineers who are basically now in companies like google of the world or microsoft or motorola of the world right uh, where they were engineers and then okay slowly steadily giving them tips and tricks and mentorship for them to grow i i mean hearing that story again just gives me goosebumps again uh, because this gentleman whom you who uh, you mentored like you know 10 to 15 years ago and that to only for 3 hours i mean uh, he must have gotten us so much value for him to be able to remember you even after 10 to 15 years even though you were not in touch 
So uh, that, that's such an inspiring story. And, and so tell us, I mean, even when I reached out to your show, you were prompt in responding to me on LinkedIn, even though I didn't know you and you shared me a lot of wisdom and advice uh, when we got on the call. So tell, tell us, you know, how, in spite of your uh, hectic schedule, how do you make time for um, your mentees? This is what I tell people, right? Okay, if you don't get a response from me in 12 to 24 hours, one, I am dead, or two, the email didn't reach me. <laughs> right? That is so <Okay>. funny. <laughs> so I I am nearly a kind of a 24-hour person. Even if I'm on a flight, I'm connected. Uh, I'm always looking at uh, various aspects of uh, things. I'm reading. I I probably sleep at 2 o'clock at night every every night, reading and doing stuff. And I wake up at 5.30 in the morning, right? Uh and then, okay, I am always connected and I always respond to all the emails meticulously, right? Um, I, I feel that, okay, by helping others, okay, you help yourself, right? Okay, that, that really gives me a little bit of a good leeway to start learning from each and every person that I meet in my life. I think that's a great, uh, great message to close our podcast show is that by helping others, you're actually helping yourself and you're doing more good to the humanity and also more doing good for yourself. So as a closing question, uh, Ashok, uh, is there anything else uh, you would like to share with our audience in this podcast today? As an engineer, start looking, uh, if this is catered towards an engineering uh, audience, right? As an engineer, make sure that, okay, you are, looking around you, technology is changing on a, on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Okay, things keep changing. So don't be very much on a day-to-day -day things, rather basically start looking at it from a strategic approach of where you want to be. Uh, don't just be a programmer, try to become a software engineer or an architect, right? Uh, I see 98 to 99% of the people are engineering side whenever I talk to them, they want to be programmers or coders, right? That is good, but, but not that great in the sense that I would like each and every of those guys to become engineers or architects. There's a huge difference between a programmer, engineer, or an architect, right? Programmer is just coding, right? Adding syntax to something, right? Whereas engineering is basically, okay, putting together a solution together in uh, a good way. Okay, architecture is basically architecting a complete solution, okay? So most... Engineers of today are basically, okay, in the programming realm and not moving towards an engineering or an architecture realm, right? I would seriously suggest that, okay, everybody start looking at all programmers or all engineers, start looking at real engineering, real architecture, and real solution, okay? That would help them to grow and glow. Thank you again, Ashok, for being with us for today's podcast. And... We had Ashok today, the CEO of Unfold Labs. You can check him out on the website by going to unfoldlabs.com. Thank you. Thank you, Aditya, for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Hopefully, you learned some important nuggets to uncover the rock star from inside of you. If you have any questions, you can reach me on my email at aditya at who we are dot io it's a d i t y a at who we are 
www.ioc.io